0: Hey there, and welcome to episode 14 of IoT this week. I'm your host Craig Smith, and let's get things going. Okay, so our first story comes from CBInsights.com, and they looked at some data that they looked at their own data that they've collected over five years, um, 2011 to 2015, about the IoT um, global industry. So what they did, they wanted to take a look at um, the investment deals you know what kind of deals were being made with companies and looked at where the deals were happening the most and they actually broke down the global industry into various sub-industries so they broke it down into about i don't know 15 or 20 sub-industries so sub-industries like health and wellness um, robotics healthcare, wireless communication security gaming wireless just to name a few so like i said they looked at where all the deals were happening so they're basically looking to see where the investments happening you know which sub industry all most of the investments happening based on um, the amount of deals that were going on inside of each of those sub industries so it looks like um one of the things that's probably not not unsurprising is that health and wellness has basically stayed consistent as far as being the the area or sub industry where most of the uh, iot deals were happening so they're staying consistent from, like, 2011 all the way through 2015. And then some of the ones that less, less of the money's flowing to is um, scientific engineering, lighting and LED, um, conferencing and communication, manufacturing, warehousing, warehousing and industrial, and video. So those are towards the bottom of the heat map where less deals are happening. And then the ones um, up towards the top of the heat map where more of the deals are happening or more of the investment, more of the investment and more of the money's flowing into, those are the top, like the top five of those are like, as I mentioned, health and wellness, uh, business intelligence, analytics and performance management, green, environmental, uh, networking and connectivity, and healthcare. Those are like the top five or six um, as far as their data is showing as kind of where the money's flowing to and where the investments are going into um, in some of the IoT um, sub industry. So anyway, so it's pretty interesting heat map to see, you know, where things are going. And then just to mention one thing, it looks like as far as security, because they've broken security down into a sub-industry. So as far as security goes, um, in 2011, from 2011 to 2015, um, according to the heat map, the deals have increased a little bit, but not much, and it's not even in the green, um, like health and wellness. So... So anyway, like I said, uh, pretty hint- interesting heat map they put together. And then our next story, which actually comes from CloudTweaks.com. But in their article, they're actually, again, they're talking about what we just um, talked about a few minutes ago um, from CBInsights.com. So this was a different report that CB Insights put together, and this one is um, – a kind of a chart with the most active IOT investors. And this is from 2010 to 2015. So, and it looks like the, and probably not surprising, one of the most active um, IOT investors is is actually Intel Capital. Um, And it looks like it's uh, by far, they're one of the, or the um, number one IOT investor right now. So when it comes to, let's see, they rank, um, they've got 13 different ones in the chart. So it's Intel Capital is like the first one. Um, second one, as far as IoT investment goes, is Qualcomm Ventures. Um, the third one is Foundry Group. The Well, the, the, so there's two tied for third, looks like. So it's Foundry Group and KPCB. And then the fifth one is Andreessen Horowitz. And that's like, that rounds out the top five. And then there's... Um, yeah, another eight underneath that. Um, as far as IoT investors goes, but those are their top five. So, again, um, a another interesting chart put together by CB Insights, kind of telling you know who's. So the first chart that we talked about, the first story was talking about kind of the sub industries where the money was flowing to, and now this chart kind of tells where the money's coming from as far as what the IoT investors, you know, where the IoT investors are coming from and who's who's putting the most money into it and effort into it. So anyway, uh, another interesting chart by CB Insights. And then for our next story, this is another um, kind of a car hacking story. Uh, So this is actually, I think it happened a couple weeks ago actually, but a um, security researcher, um, I guess he has a, he actually has a Tesla and he was, you know, filling around um, looking into the firmware on his Tesla. And supposedly he found a, some reference to possibly an upcoming model, um, new Tesla model, the P100D, um, hidden in the firmware, um, since he was poking around the firmware for his, um, his Tesla. So and according to him, um, shortly after he kind of tweeted out that he might've found such a thing in the firmware, um, supposedly his car all of a sudden started remotely, um, downgrading his firmware because of what he found so so who knows whether that's actually actually happened um or if it's just some fluke or somebody at because uh, he tweeted this out and obviously tesla saw this so i don't know if somebody was having fun with him or what but apparently um he says that after he tweeted that out and you know revealed what he found that his um the firmware on his tesla actually started remotely um downgrading and then in the in the and Just a little bit more of that story. So apparently, um, Elon Musk, who you know, who owns Tesla Motors, tweeted back that uh, that wasn't anything they did. Um, so anyway, so so it's not it's not the typical hacking car hacking story where anything really bad happened, but uh, it's just funny. It's a nice little nice little twist to it. a um, Little mystery as far as uh, why his car was actually all all of a sudden remotely downgraded, um, his his firmware remotely downgraded after you know potentially finding a uh, reference to an upcoming model uh, from Tesla alright so our next story comes from the windowsclub.com so in this article um, the author put together basically the articles about the advantages of Windows 10 um, for an of things so basically it's Windows 10 IOT core that uh, he's talking about in here so what well, it looks like he did, he just he basically goes through you know what's available in Windows Ten IoT and kind of talks about the various areas and why it's an advantage to use Windows Ten over some of the other IoT um, platforms. So I personally I've installed Windows Ten IoT on a Raspberry Pi, um, so it is it's really it's really easy to um, install. And actually I think I put a video I put a video together at some point um, way back. Um, Uh, But it's definitely easy to install and it does have an easy to use interface on it. Um, So what he talks about in the article is kind of using the, you know, installing Windows 10 IoT Core on some device and then, you know, connecting to some of the um, other stuff that Microsoft already has in place, um, such as um, remote storage and backup. So, I mean, you could use, possibly you could use the device to, you know, talk to OneDrive or Office 365 or Microsoft Azure. Um, some of the cloud cloud parts to it. Um, so, some of the other things he talked about is configuring the smart device using PowerShell. Um, so, if anybody's you know familiar with using PowerShell in Windows or using uh, PowerShell in Microsoft Azure, then obviously you'd already be um, in good shape for using Windows 10 IoT Core in that aspect um, because it does use it does use PowerShell. Um, the other thing he talks about is the user interfaces. Um, those are pretty, pretty familiar um, if you're used to using Windows. And then the other thing is easily implementation, easy implementation on uh, Windows networks, which should be pretty obvious since it's a cut down Windows operating system, um, that it should be able to integrate easily enough into um, existing Windows networks. So aside from the artic- or so aside from the advantages he talks about in this article um, as far as using Windows 10 IOT core um, instead of some of the other um, IOT platforms, um, If you haven't had a chance, I would definitely and if you happen to have a Raspberry Pi actually there's a couple of other boards it'll actually install on. Um, I would get, I would give it a try just to, if nothing else just to see how kind of, kind of see how it works uh, because it is pretty interesting, they also have some sample apps. Um, that you can actually do things with. So, like, for example, I think the uh, one of the videos I made um, was using a Raspberry Pi, putting Windows 10 IoT core on the device, and then actually cut, um, connecting up a breadboard and connecting in this capacitor and an LED, and then using one of their um, sample apps, which I think is called Blinky LED or something like that, um to basically you know tell it to run on the windows iot device and then it blinks the uh, little led that you've got connected to the raspberry pi or whatever other board you might have it connected to so anyway so i will give windows credit for this one iot the um windows 10 iot core is uh, pretty cool and like i said it is uh, very easy to install so have a look at that if you get a chance All right, so our next story is actually uh, pretty cool. I actually thought about buying one of these things, but I haven't yet. So anyway, it's these, a couple of guys put together, basically it's a hacking board for um, IoT devices and it's called HardSploit. So the intention of the board is to actually help folks who might not be as knowledgeable um, on the hardware side of IoT devices, to make it easier for them to basically take this board and, you know, using JTAG connectors or whatever, so they can connect this board up to a IoT device. And then actually maybe, for example, they, you know, if you can't get the firmware other places like a website or whatever for a particular device, maybe you can pull the device or pull the firmware directly off the device using this hard sport board. Um, so anyway, so like I said, it'd be interesting to uh, purchase one of these things. And I think they're a couple hundred bucks um, to purchase one of these things and see how this thing actually works, um, and to see if it actually makes it easier. Um, like if anybody's messed with JTAG, um, connections and so forth, um, sometimes it can be a little daunting, especially if you're not, you know, as knowledgeable of doing things with hardware, it can be a little bit daunting, um, as far as trying to do something with, um, you know, trying to, um, find vulnerabilities on IOT devices using, um, hardware connections instead of just looking at software. So anyway, so this device actually has, um, so they said it sports a graphical interface, it has a sniffer, a scanner, um, proxy, memory dump, has 64 I.O. channels, a Cyclone 2 FPGA, it's got USB 2.0, and it measures 200mm uh, by 90mm. So um, anyway, so... Like I said, it looks like a pretty cool device. Um, I definitely have a look at it and see if this is something you're interested in, especially especially if you've looked to get into hardware hacking instead of software hacking. Um, if you tried to get into hardware hacking and it's kind of been a little daunting uh, to you, um, this board should make it easier to make it easier for you. Um, because one of the things it does note is supposed to have um, uh, what the article calls assisted visual wiring and LEDs um, that are supposed to help help people, you know, plug in the right wire into the correct socket and stuff. Um, So you don't actually, you know, um, brick the device you're actually trying to test. But anyway, like I said, have a look at it. It's called HardSploit, and it's pretty interesting. And then our last story is about a project, and you can actually see this project, find this project on GitHub. It's called Fermadyne, so F-I-R-M-A-D-Y-N-E. So basically what it is, um, these guys, they... I think it was three or four guys. They tried to put together a framework, an automated analysis framework for IoT um, that would run against um, various firmware um, files that they've downloaded from various manufacturers. So I think basically what they did, they looked at um, 27,000 um, firmware images they downloaded from across the internet, um, they ran it through their um, framework. So basically the framework would um, download the firmware file, um, extract the firmware from the file, and then try to mount that um, firmware file and file system up into an emulator and then run various um, exploits against it using Metasploit. So they actually, um, they, it looks like they found there was, they found vulnerabilities in 887 of those firmware images. Um, so it's not like they were able to, um, successfully automate this against all 23,000 firmware images, which is not a big surprise because in the research we've done, just about every firmware package is built different, even even from between manufacturers and even within the same manufacturer across product lines. Uh, the firmware is like completely different and random all the time. So it's not a surprise uh, they, they weren't successful against all 23,000 firmware images, uh, but they still were successful against quite a few firmware, firmware images. And actually found quite a few new vulnerabilities um, in the firmware that they were able to um, successfully load up into their framework. Uh, but anyway, um, they still still—they've still got a lot of work they need to be, needs to be done to you know fully automate this. But anyway, so it's a great start what these guys have done um, as far as trying to put together some kind of automated framework for firmware. Because um, based on all the stories that have been in the news lately, we sure do need some kind of um, automation put together for, for firmware analysis. Um, cause like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of firmware files out there and it takes quite a while to extract them, uh, take a look around in them and so forth. So, um, yeah, definitely a cool project. Uh, check it out on GitHub. Again, it's called firmadyne and hopefully they'll continue to work on this and make it better. Uh, but anyway, um, like I said, it's a really cool start for an automated framework analysis for uh, firmware. Okay, and then speaking of um, firmware, firmware analysis, um, so a couple of weeks ago I put together, um, I mean, it's not on the scale as Firmidine, but anyway, I put together a quick tool. It's basically, it's just a script, um, and it's called Firm Walker. Um, so I'm actually going to put together a short video of that um, just to do a little quick demo of it um, and talk about it a bit. Um, but again, it's on GitHub, so it's under Firm Firmwalker, F-I-R-M, sorry, F-I-R-M-W-A-L-K-E-R. So basically, it's just a short script. It does some greps and so forth. And actually, there's been a couple other folks who have um, added to the project. Um, But basically, what it does uh, is once you've extracted the uh, file system from the firmware file, um, you basically just run this script against the file system, and it finds interesting things like um, it looks for different binaries. It looks for certificate files, uh, like password password files, like Etsy Shadow, that sort of thing. Um, so it looks for certain key binaries, like web servers and DropBear, BusyBox, that sort of thing, things that are common to firmware. Um, but anyway, like I said, again, I'll talk about that. I'm going to put together a separate video for that and put it under, under the uh, podcast. All right, so as far as what we've got next... Um, couple things under learning about IOT. again, this stuff's all in the show notes um, on the website so definitely have a look at the show notes um, if you want to go back and look at this some of this stuff. Uh, so one of the things or a couple things I've added to the learning about IOT section. Um, there's the Raspberry Pi 3 that's obviously out um, and then there's also some Raspberry Pi 3 starter kits on Amazon. So if you're interested in messing with IOT devices, Um, The Raspberry Pi is definitely a good way to go. Um, It's easy to install operating systems on there and then start filling with it, like connecting up um, different little components to the Raspberry Pi. And again, like I said, there's a starter kit on Amazon um, if you're interested. (coughs) And then also um, Western Digital actually just brought out what they're calling a Pi drive. So it's 314 gigs, and it's made specifically for a Raspberry Pi. So it can work under the um, power consumption requirements of the Raspberry Pi And it's only like 30 or 40 bucks. I haven't got one myself yet, but it looks like it's pretty cool Um, if you're looking for a little extra storage on your Raspberry Pi instead of just using the uh, SD card slot. And then, like I always like to mention, um, if you're looking to get involved in IoT, of course, join your local OWASP group. Um, Then, also, there's on OWASP, there's an Internet of Things project. Um, Then, lastly, Um, Industrial IoT, I always try to add a little something underneath there. Um, So one of the things I saw that was interesting under that particular category, Industrial IoT, was that, and this actually, this was an article from last month, and just real quick, this was actually that Honeywell and Palo Alto Networks, so if anybody's familiar with Palo Alto Networks, they make awesome firewalls. Um, But anyway, they've partnered up with um, Honeywell to actually try to... um, increased security for industrial customers um, with industrial facilities and um, critical infrastructure environments like, you know, nuclear power plants and other power companies and that sort of thing. So anyway, that should be pretty interesting to see how that all plays out with um, those two pairing up to kind of help industrial cybersecurity. But, yeah, should be pretty cool. Like I said, um, Palo Alto is obviously they're pretty cool and have pretty cool firewalls. Um, Honeywell's actually got some IOT stuff out on the market. Um, but I think we looked at in the past, uh, but I don't remember actually how they did as far as security goes with their own IOT products. Um, but that might be something to consider when these two are working together. But anyway, um, hopefully something good will come out of this, especially since the critical infrastructure obviously needs some work. Um, and definitely security improvements to make sure that, you know, the power stays on and so forth. So, Anyway, have a look at that. Um, Other than that, that is the podcast for this week. Again, I'm going to put together a short video to kind of just do a little demo of the Firmwalker Firmwalker tool that I put together for, you know, kind of looking for cool things that might be, you know, lurking in firmware packages. Um, So look for that. Uh, But other than that, that is the podcast for this week. So have a great day, and I'll see you next week.